Most renters have gotten a reprieve with the extension of a federal eviction moratorium, but what happens when the moratorium ends? Many in Chicago fear that homelessness could double, triple, or worse. A recently formed union is working to mitigate those results. Members believe they're uniquely qualified to help because they themselves are homeless. As WBEZ's Odette Youssef reports. On a Friday morning in July, Juan Carlos Aviles watched nervously as a handful of city workers empty trash cans at Fireman's Park near Logan Square. This is where Aviles has slept since the pandemic put him out of work months ago. His tent is one of four in the small encampment. Have there been any police today? Oh, no. As a matter of fact, a couple of days ago, two police officers came inside. They gave us waters, chips, cookies. But they were cool with us, those two cops. It's a marked difference from how Avila says they were treated two weeks earlier. He says police and streets and sanitation workers showed up on a Saturday morning amid torrential rain. He said they made the encampment residents take down their tents. One man said they threw his away. Many of their other belongings got soaked. Adam Gottlieb believes the city changed its approach after Avilas and others spoke up for themselves. They're part of a growing movement among the homeless here to organize. And that's power. It's, it's just a little thing. I don't want to make more out of it, but I also don't want to minimize it. Gottlieb is the main force behind the new Chicago Union of the Homeless. The union was one organization that brought media attention to Avilas's story. The group came together in October, just as Chicago was heading into winter, and into a second wave of COVID. Its goal was to save lives. We're trying to establish organic leadership in every encampment so that we can connect the dots, get people sharing resources, and ultimately take on these bigger battles with more unity, you know, recognizing that it starts with the people who are the most disenfranchised. Through the winter, the union started fundraising online. It raised tens of thousands of dollars in donations. With that, it was able to buy tents and propane tanks to keep people warm. On the coldest winter nights, it paid for hotel rooms. It distributed phones to help keep members connected during the pandemic. And it organized food sharing when there was a surplus of holiday donations. This union is magnificent. Tamika James is president of the union. Her friends call her Bonnie. The way she tells it, the union hasn't just helped with physical and material needs. She says when she became homeless after leaving an abusive relationship, she hit rock bottom. The union turned that around. It taught her that temporarily lacking a home did not equate with lacking skills or worth. It gave her a purpose. I was ashamed about it, but I I am proud of what my shame brought me. It got me to be able to fight for myself and for other people that do not have a voice they don't want to talk about. There's issues because it's embarrassing and it's hurtful. Chief among the union's demands is for the city to create more affordable housing. This has been a demand among housing activists for years. Nonetheless, union members believe their grassroots organizing will help. That's because they're looking at history. Theirs is not the first union of the homeless in Chicago. There was, in fact, a union of the homeless before, in the 1980s. Joseph Peary 
is perhaps the only person in Chicago who was part of it that time around. It was called Chicago Gary Area Union of the Homeless. That was the name of it. The circumstances behind the union's founding back then were similar to those now. Homelessness was on the rise, and organizers believed it was exacerbated by a failure to direct public resources that already existed toward mitigating that. They're doing mass evictions, throwing people out on the street. Chicago Housing Authority, they were doing that. So Peary and others in the homeless union would break into vacant public housing units. They'd stay there, and they'd invite media outlets to record it. Why, they asked, were people sleeping on snowy sidewalks when heated public housing units were sitting empty? Peary said it worked. The union brought attention to the crisis, and he was among those who got housing at Cabrini Green. Today, he believes the city's at a similar juncture. It has resources, nearly $2 billion in federal COVID relief funds that must be spent. He and others say housing the homeless must be a priority, especially as an eventual end to the moratorium could increase the number of people living outside. So now it's time to organize. Peary says when he was organizing in the 80s, he felt they had a friend at City Hall. He says Mayor Harold Washington met with them and listened. But this time might be different. Remember that small encampment near Logan Square where Juan Avila said he and his friends were made to take down their tents amid a downpour? It's less than half a mile from Mayor Lori Lightfoot's home. The alder person for that area, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, said his office looked into where the orders to clear the park originated. And I was told that it came directly from the mayor's office. Emails that WBEZ obtained through a Freedom of Information request show that on the morning it happened, the head of the city's Department of Family and Social Services was sending lengthy updates to the mayor's chief of staff. They detailed her department's outreach to the four people in the encampment and plans to make a timeline for the removal of the men's belongings from the park. The mayor's office did not answer questions about whether this level of attention to an encampment was typical or what prompted attention to this specific site. But it did note that the city plans to use $35 million in federal COVID relief funds to provide rapid rehousing for homeless Chicagoans. Odette Youssef, WBEZ News.